2: on earth is gone and my activities
3: here are past i want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my
0: now here's your host matt dannison it's indiana what i feel is the pinnacle the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball
3: Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the show. Glad to have you with us. We are right in the middle of February. Happy Valentine's Day to all of our listeners today. But we are headed down the back stretch of the month, the last two and a half weeks of February. And that means March Madness is just around the corner. We are within weeks away from the start of the boys state tournament and the conference tournaments will follow that. And of course the NCAA tournament after that. So uh, we are heading into a really good time for basketball. Unfortunately, Not a good time for the Indiana Hoosiers. They have had their struggles, although they've got a little bit of a break until Sunday when they host a really solid, really good Northwestern team this season. Indiana, obviously, their back's against the wall. They do not appear to be an NCAA tournament team. Lots of challenges when it comes to this team as far as the weak spots, as far as concerning areas, even injuries, just as you maybe gear up for a big run that's needed to close the season and to get some positive momentum headed Indiana's way. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't look good. And injuries don't uh, help some of the growing concerns that have existed this season as well. So I'll be honest with you, where things stand for Indiana, 14 and 10 overall, Six and seven in the Big Ten Conference. They are 10 and three at Assembly Hall, two and five on the road, and two and two at natural sites or neutral sites, I should say, so far this season. I can see this thing going really two directions. I can see Indiana limping to the finish line and maybe winning a game or two they shouldn't and probably losing some games that you think maybe they shouldn't as well. Um, I can also see Indiana tanking and uh, not winning very much the rest of the way and taking an early exit in the Big Ten Conference tournament. Unfortunately, I think probably most of you would agree, I don't see a scenario or would not bet on a scenario where Indiana comes out the rest of this month, the rest of the way in the Big Ten Conference schedule, and dominates things. Northwestern coming up on Sunday. Nebraska, who's been really a surprise for the Big Ten Conference this year, uh, coming to Bloomington the following Wednesday, one week from today. Penn State on the road uh, at University Park. So, again, a, a game Indiana could win, but Penn State has been tough for the Hoosiers. Wisconsin in Bloomington, that's a tough game, home or away. Maryland on the road, a tough game. Minnesota, not great, but it's, the barn is a hard place for Indiana to play. It's not an easy road environment for any Big Ten team. Team and then Michigan State to finish up the season. So uh, there's some opportunities for wins, but I don't see any real path for Indiana to have some unbelievable close to the season unless something greatly, greatly changes, and we just haven't seen. Even against Purdue, when you don't expect Indiana to win, but you'd like to see them compete in a rival type game and keep it at least reasonably close, and that just hasn't hasn't happened. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see, and I think this is going to set Indiana up for a very interesting offseason. Obviously, if they don't have success the rest of the way, if they don't make the NCAA tournament. It could be an early offseason for Indiana. Obviously the NIT could be an option for this team if they choose, I would think, but it's going to be to work for Mike Woodson and his coaches to hit the transfer portal where they're going to need some guards. They're going to need a lot of help for next season and obviously some recruiting um, as well in the offseason even for guys that will come in, could come in next this season to join Liam McNeely with the way recruiting goes and late changes and coaching changes and so forth. you know, It's The 2024 class for Indiana is not done. I think we all agree on that. So uh, that's where we're at here in the middle of February. It's not a good situation for Indiana. Um, It's not a team that ever has eluded that confidence that they can turn it on. They can get it going. They can become an NCAA team. And I think if you look at the metrics and Ken Palm and all the, the net ratings out there that the NCAA uses as the new RPIs of today's college basketball world, I don't think Indiana has much of a chance to get there. They're going to have to do something spectacular like have a great run and get momentum heading into the conference tournament, maybe win the conference tournament to secure that automatic bid uh, to the NCAA tournament. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see. As we think about next year, and I do think there'll be a next year for Mike Woodson. Uh, It's going to be very interesting to see how the close to this season affects things this offseason. And uh, definitely not a good spot for IU basketball. So uh, glad to have you with us here on this Wednesday edition of the show. I missed yesterday. I've had some work things come up lately, but glad to be with you today. We'll be with you the rest of the week and uh, obviously into March. Whether Indiana's playing or not, whether the Hoosiers are in the big dance or not, March is a special time. starts with the conference tournaments, and then we get into the NCAA, and it's just fun to talk all the basketball. So we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm committed to having a lot of fun this March Madness, to watching a lot of basketball personally, making some time for that, and then having some fun things here on the show and some different guests to really enjoy the month of March. Because unfortunately for Indiana fans and for people that live in this area, I think we're going to have to come up with some different things uh, to keep you enthused. Not that March Madness isn't a great deal regardless. I think we all are hooked to it and all will watch it and study it and so forth. But um, it's just not the same when you don't have locals in the tournament. And if you're an Indiana fan, They're not headed to the NCAA tournament, it sure doesn't look like. Louisville obviously playing a little bit better, although they got beat by Boston College last night. I don't think they have any shot at the tournament. Kentucky, at one point, I would have put in my final four uh, maybe a month or so ago, and now they are having lots of struggles. There are lots of critiques of Coach Calipari, and so I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Wildcats finish up the year as well. And locally, it really comes down to Purdue. They are the team. I think this is a Final Four or bust year for Purdue. Matt Painter has done an outstanding job, uh, but the one thing that you could mark on his resume or critique him on at Purdue is. NCAA tournament success and even more so not getting upset in the early rounds by higher seeds and we know that obviously Purdue has struggled with that so can they break through this year they are really the only option I feel like Indiana fans in today's world maybe are okay with Louisville having success I know there's still that that feeling with Kentucky although it This doesn't seem the same to me with them not playing now for so many seasons. Uh, But I think Indiana fans will struggle with the fact that Purdue could be one of the teams on this show that we are focused on and talking a lot about in the month of March. So uh, I think Purdue has a great chance to make the Final Four. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Guard play for them kind of is the one thing that maybe keeps me from uh, putting in an early bet on the Boilermakers or, or saying I think they could win the National Championship. But they sure have a lot of tools in the chest to have a good run in the month of March let's look at the show lineup for today a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany segment one here in just a moment we'll get into some Hoosier headlines a summary of the day's top IU and southern Indiana sports news a couple IU football things that I want to mention here in the opening segment and also I want to touch base on IU basketball transfers and how they are performing this season. There are a number of guys that used to be on the Indiana roster that hit the transfer portal and uh, in some ways are having success at other programs. We'll go through those here in just a moment, and we'll get into some other stuff here in the opening segment of the game. Also, later today, Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com is going to join in replace of Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. With the all-star stuff going on in Indianapolis, and the Pacers and all NBA teams, Getting ready to wrap up the uh, the games before the All Star break. He is a busy, busy guy. So he's got a Pacers media availability to attend here in this hour. And Jeff Rabjohn's kind enough, on pretty late notice, to step in and talk IU hoops and maybe some football as well with Jeff. Definitely some recruiting as well when he joins us today. And then Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. He'll be with us in segment three today. Uh, We got to talk local basketball. Uh, Jeff plays Louisville Central tonight, a game that was added late because the Ballard game was canceled on Tuesday night. Jeff has had a lot of issues with some of the Kentucky teams on their schedule canceling here in recent years, including, I think, three different cancellations this season by Louisville area schools. So that's tough when you're trying to, to put a schedule together and, and play through for the postseason coming up here uh, before you know it but we'll talk local stuff today lanesville girls still alive i think they're going to win the semi-state uh, they're going to be at new albany this weekend and take on some pretty good uh, challenges but i think they're going to get back to the 1a state championship and represent southern indiana uh, so we'll cover all that and more with josh when he's with us a little bit later today that's the lineup a service of honeybake tam in new albany Check them out today for lunch. They've got terrific sandwiches and salads and soups. All of it is made fresh daily, and it will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. Here's my invitation to you to participate in the show today. 502-414-1450. Again, 502 414 That is the Thornton's text line. You can send in questions, comments. What do you think about my prediction on Purdue? Who are your final four picks? What do you think about this Indiana team the rest of the way? Um, I'd love to hear from you, and as long as it's reasonable, we'll get it on the air, 502-414-1450. And if you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us a text on the Thornton's text line, 502 414 1450 again 502-414-1450. Okay, let's uh, take a look at this here. Uh, some Hoosier headlines today. I want to start with IU football because we haven't talked a lot of football recently, although Coach Signetti continue to makes uh, to make headlines with recruiting and visits and all the things that go on this time of year as Indiana gets ready to start its spring football program. But away from the current IU team, Obviously, Kalen DeBoer, now the head coach at uh, Alabama. He was just at Indiana a handful of years as an assistant ago, as an assistant coach to Tom Allen. And we've had the conversation about you know assistant coaches that have left for better opportunities or head coaching opportunities. But former assistants, in addition to DeBoer, uh, Nick uh, Sheridan, Sheridan. Uh, I can't remember how you pronounce his last name. And Kane Womack. Uh, are going to be the Alabama offensive and defensive coordinators. Uh, it is now uh, basically confirmed. Uh, so you talk about some real talent as far as coaches that came through the Indiana football program, uh, Sheridan and Womack, both of those guys. Uh, unbelievable now that they are headed to Alabama to be key assistant coaches for Coach DeBoer, and uh, just amazing. The, the All those guys at one time were on Tom Allen's staff at Indiana. One other good note for IU football, uh, Aaron Casey, uh, linebacker. He's been selected to participate in the 2024 NFL Combine. He's one of 321 draft prospects that will attend the Combine, which runs February 26th through March 4th. And this year, right as soon as the uh, NBA All-Star weekend ends, um, the Combine is going to be held at Lucas Oil Stadium. So Indianapolis and in our state hosting some big, big sports opportunities. Obviously, the All-Star game and that weekend and all of the events leading up to the All-Star our game on Sunday night. That is a humongous deal. It's not the Super Bowl, obviously, but it is right up there as one of the big deals in sports to get the opportunity to host that rotates on an annual basis. And we'll talk a little bit more about that today and this week, but what a unique opportunity. If you can get up to Indianapolis uh, this week, this weekend, even if you just go through to see the city and how it changes and all the decorations and the entertainment and the uh, other things that come along with an all-star event and all these people in town, it would be worth the trip and the NBA crossover over at the Indiana Convention Center. Great to take kids through. I know the All-Star game has gotten so doggone expensive. Uh, tickets I was looking the other night are just ridiculous for the game on Sunday. But there are some auxiliary events, that crossover where you it's like a, a NBA experience, basically. Uh, lots of activities for kids and, and things and entertainment uh, surrounding the All-Star game. There's just tons of stuff going on in Indy, basically from today on. So check it out if you can get up there. It's going to be a basketball. Celebration for sure in many, many ways uh, with the Pacers hosting the All Star game this season. A couple other things I wanted to mention from a basketball perspective transfers that have left the IU basketball program. Transfers are common nowadays, they come into your program and they exit your program, and sometimes Sometimes they do so multiple times. I mean, these guys are moving around from program to program, it seems, until they find the spot that is just right for them. But Jerome Hunter at Xavier, obviously a guy that left Indiana's program with a lot of medical issues, and he's had a lot of additional bad luck this summer. He had a heart surgery in the offseason, came back to practice in January, suffered a torn Achilles, I think a week or so ago for Xavier. So he has had a really tough year. Logan Duncombe, also at Xavier, he had. Announced in October that he had decided to step away from the game of basketball for health reasons. Remember, he had like a sinus surgery, I think it was, a year ago at in Indiana. So, two guys that really, because of their health, never got an opportunity to pan out at Indiana. Had you told me going into their college careers that both Duncombe and Hunter at least one of them would not have went on to be a real contributor for Indiana basketball, I would have, have lost that bet, uh, especially Jerome Hunter and even Logan Duncombe. I thought he had a lot of potential with his length and height. Uh, if he can beef up a little bit in the big 10, but golly, those guys have been so affected in a bad way by health issues. Also Christian Lander uh, now at Western Kentucky, he's in his fourth year of college basketball. He is averaging 10.1 points a game, averaging just about 26 minutes per game. For Western Kentucky, so having a solid season for WKU, who is 17 and 7. Lander has one year of college basketball eligibility after this season. I tell you, Tamar Bates at Missouri, running in the backcourt a lot with Sean East, former New Albany player. Bates has had a really good season. Now Missouri's not great. I think they are eight wins on the season, but he has had a good year. 14 points per game. Two and a half rebounds, 1.2 assists. He's number 64 in the nation in percentage of his team shot when he's on the floor. Uh, and so Bates has made the most of his opportunity. He's played in all 24 games. He didn't start off as a starter for Missouri, but he has started in the last 17 games for the Tigers. Jordan Geronimo at Maryland, he started 21 of 23 games for the Terrapins. He' is averaging just over 24 minutes per game and Geronimo averaging 5.8 points, 3.8 rebounds and 1.4 blocks per game. Uh, Those are all the best of his college career so far. So he has taken a step up at Maryland, but not maybe the step that a lot of people that join this show that I consider experts on IU basketball, the predictions they had for him. He, He just, even at Maryland, hasn't materialized for Maryland, who's 13 and 11 on the season. He's been better, but he's not been great. He's not reached that uh, athletic ceiling that I thought he had and might get to at Indiana. So just a couple things, but uh, those those are transfers and where they're at and how they're doing. And other than Bates, I mean, nobody that you just absolutely, I think, wish Indiana still had. I always thought we never saw anywhere the best of Bates, Tamar Bates, what he could be as a college basketball player, but he definitely has has stepped his individual game up at Missouri, but the team game uh, still suffering there. Not a great record for the Missouri Tigers this season. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. I think mid-February really is the time I lock in even more on college basketball in the Big Ten Conference. There have been some outstanding games over the weekend. Last night, Vanderbilt absolutely stunned. Texas A&M with a buzzer beater. Uh, Just some crazy games, some crazy finishes here recently, and it's got me ready for college, uh, or I should say conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, we're going to have a fun, fun March Uh, I feel with college hoops, regardless of what Indiana's uh, situation is. And again, I don't look for them to be in the NCAA tournament, as I've already covered this season. But some great games here recently, some teams playing really good that makes you wonder what the Final Four could look like, and uh, a lot of fun to get to the NCAA tournament here very soon, that is for sure. Thornton's text line is open. The number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can sound off on IU. Whatever you'd like to talk about, send us a message, 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. We'll head to a commercial break. Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com is next. We'll talk IU hoops, recruiting, football, and more. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, still ahead. We'll talk the latest in local sports and high school hoops with him. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back here on this Wednesday program. Jeff Rabjohns of Pigs.com going to join us here in just a moment. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Uh, with Jeff Rabjohns, the editor of pegs.com uh, Jeff, it's great to have you with us as we have a little pause, at least on the court, with game action for the Indiana Hoosiers, who are off until Sunday when they uh, play Northwestern, a very good Northwestern team, I might add.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting time in the season to to see an actual eight-day break. Um, it's one of those things that uh, for, uh, you know, for Indiana, maybe it's helpful. Um, they certainly, as everyone knows, uh, had considerable struggles. Um, in a number of areas, uh, losing 79-59 at Purdue. Uh, They were able to have that 18-point comeback and win at Ohio State, but obviously Ohio State's a team having considerable struggles. um, and Obviously, rumors are flying about Chris Holtman's future, even today. Um, They've been flying behind the scenes for a little while now, and some things starting to, at least speculation, popping up. But for Indiana, it's a chance to sort of kind of like reset, a little bit maybe figure out some things they think can work down the stretch uh because with the way the schedule breaks uh there are some opportunities for IU to get some wins um certainly with with some of the home games and then Northwestern like you said good team Um, Nebraska has had some good wins uh certainly They, they beat Purdue um but Indiana at home against Nebraska you know that's a game if Indiana wants to you know, kind of have any sort of reasonable finish here. Those are the kind of games you have to win. You just have to find ways to win those games. But it's kind of crazy when you look at the the analytics. And I use actually uh, an underdog uh, in every regular season game here down the stretch. Um, i got it sitting here in front of me right now. Only a small underdog in some games, but underdog nonetheless. So it's going to be a big stretch for Indiana, at least even if it's not, you know, getting to the NCAA tournament is is just – I mean, that's way, way, way out there. they got a long way to go for even that to be a legitimate conversation. <clears throat> but I think one of the things for Indiana is, are they going to finish well enough to where people have any sort of good feeling about Mike Woodson and the program going into the offseason? I think that's one of the things that they're they're playing for right now.
3: Jeff com with us. I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the NCAA tournament. I know that uh, you mentioned Indiana, definitely not in the conversation right now, but is there a path if Indiana turned it on, got it going starting this Sunday with Northwestern, or is the record and the metrics to the point where it's going to have to be an Indiana team that makes a run in the Big Ten tournament?
1: I mean, they would almost have to win out and make a run in the NCAA tournament. You know, they're sitting there number 90 in the country uh, in Bartorvik right now. Um, They would need – I mean – I think a minimum they would need five and two down the stretch that would get them to 19 regular season wins uh, that would get them to 11 and nine uh, in the conference. I think that's the absolute minimum that would allow them to go in the NCAA, go to the big Ten tournament with some hope that' it's not just win the big Ten tournament and get the automatic bid uh, but I think five and two is the worst they can do and have any sort of even outside hope. Um, but part of the problem is, you know, the metrics aren't good. You know, they, uh, you know, not only did they not beat the better teams that they've played, um, you know, they, they got, they got handled, you know, they lost, they lost by 20 to UConn. Um, they lost by 28 to Auburn, you know, two 20 point losses to Purdue. Um, you know, they lose by 16 to Nebraska. They've got some losses on there that, that really sort of drag down, uh their their resume on paper so i think five and two is worst they can do and even then you're probably talking about a team that would probably need to make it to the big ten title game big ten tournament title game
3: talking with jeff rabjohns of peaks.com uh you know i was going to ask you you mentioned chris holtman being on the hot seat at ohio state um, take us through the Big Ten Conference. Are there other coaches in addition to Coach Holtman that uh, are on a, the hot seat and could maybe see a potential change this offseason?
1: Well, I think the, the two you look at the most, um, obviously, are, are Jawan Howard at, at Michigan, um, which, you know, they're sitting there, <clears throat> you know, last, dead last in the Big Ten, 3-11. Uh, so you, you look at him, you, you look at Chris Holtman at Ohio State, you know, Holtman was hired with the expectation of NCAA tournament runs. You know, his best team was his first team. And and on that team, he inherited all-American K-to-Bates Diop. And since then, they've been worse. And they've never gone past the round of 32. So I think the, uh, the temperature in the room at Ohio State certainly very hot. Um, those are the two you look at the most. Um, obviously, you know, people ask me all the time about Woodson and I think right now, IU's plan is to is to at least give him his fourth year. I think that's the most likely scenario. Now, if the wheels come completely off and IU finishes 0-7 down the stretch or something like that, maybe the situation changes. That's possible. Um, but I was told very clearly recently that the plan, of, as of this point in time, is, is to give Woodson at least a fourth year, let, let him have a chance to go in the 2024 portal, see if he can revamp the roster, and, and and see what he can do next year. So I think you're probably looking at a, a one change in the Big Ten, maybe two if, if, if something happens with Juwan Howard in Michigan. Um, and it was interesting last night to listen to Juwan Howard kind of almost make a, make a post-game speech about why he should keep his job. And when people start making speeches about why they should keep their job, usually there's some chance they don't keep their job. So I think uh, Ohio State and Michigan are probably the two to keep an eye on the most as, as things stand today.
3: And there there are other things I want to get to, but i got to go back to Chris Holtman for just a minute. Um, I know things have not been great in Columbus, and maybe there have been some, some underwhelming performances the, the last year or so, but Golly, just a few years ago, he was a red-hot name. A lot of Indiana fans hoped that he would be considered for the opening. His name had been mentioned uh, maybe as a replacement at Kentucky when Coach Cal hangs it up, and then all of a sudden now he's on the uh, hot seat in the Big Ten Conference.
1: Yeah, it's interesting the the difference between almost the whole flavor of a month versus somebody's track record over time. You know, and and at one point in time, yeah, Chris Holtman was a very hot name. Um, you know, there was a debate. I I think it was even written about when Louisville hired Chris Mack, Indiana hires Archie Miller, Ohio State hires Chris Holtman. People were talking about, Oh, hey, you know, are are these the next three up and coming young coaches in college basketball? And where are we at now? Archie's Chris Mack got fired. Archie got fired. Chris Holtman looks like he's about to get fired. So it's amazing how things change. And then, you know, you talk to some of like the smarter people in college basketball, people who've been around, some agents who, you know, kind of handle some things in the coaching search world, and you know, they point out that there are guys like like a Mick Cronin, you know, and you know who actually has two plus decades of success, you know, uh, a string of I think it was nine NCAA tournaments in Cincinnati. Um, a string of not only 20-plus win seasons, but a number of 25-plus win seasons, plus a 30-win season, a 31-win season, a Final Four at UCLA. And it's that whole juxtaposition versus who's the flavor of the month and who has a really substantial track record over the course of time. And, you know, guys like, you know, Chris Mack, Archie Miller, they, they kind of faded away at this point in time. And, you know, Mick Cronin's having a struggling year right now at UCLA, but that's because this is sort of like akin to the year after uh, Cody Zeller, Jordan Hulls, Christian Watford, all those guys left uh, Indiana. You know, you, had to, you lost basically everybody you met. You had to rebuild. But it is interesting to look at the, look at that conversation. Flavor of the month, you know, who's getting buzz versus who has two decades or more of a track record. And uh, it's interesting to see who does have stayed power in college basketball. Because it's one thing to be a hot name. It's a whole different thing to do it for two-plus decades.
3: Jeff, Rabjohn, com with us here on this Wednesday program. Jeff, uh, let's say Indiana doesn't put a miracle together. They don't make the NCAA tournament as they're not predicted to do. What does the offseason look like for Indiana? And you know this stuff, the processes of college basketball these days, as well as anyone in the media that I know. Uh, A big overhaul via the transfer portal, some late additions potentially to the 2024 recruiting class it is possible because of these things uh, to have a major overhaul, a different look team, and uh, flip it around much quicker than it's ever been possible before the transfer portal was a thing. So Mike Woodson may finish the season in not a good spot. If he gets that fourth season, as I think we expect him to, uh, he does have a big chance there to turn the gears again and switch directions.
1: Yeah, the the transfer portal has changed everything. Uh, transfer portal coupled with you know Indiana has a very robust uh, NIL situation. So the, the the portal will open shortly after the Final Four officially. Um, although unofficially, I don't know if it ever actually closes. But the the two things that Indiana needs the most, uh, they're going to need a dynamic playmaker, a point guard, uh, somebody who can really turn the corner in ball screens, um, you know, make plays. Uh, get downhill create for others put pressure on the defense and uh, you know uh, basically you know just be a dynamic type playmaker um, and then they're, they're gonna need a, a shooting guard um, somebody who can you know go out there and hit threes with some with some consistency um, I think that's that's someone you know that they need to get and then I also think um, depending upon how many spots they have open you know I think it would really help them to get you know, a, a third guard, guard or a wing doesn't really matter. You know, as long as you can actually handle the ball, create some things, and make some threes. You know, call them a guard, call him a wing. Outside of point guards who have to actually make plays for others, the other guys they're, they're kind of morphing together a little bit. But I think those are the things that Indiana has to go get. You got to get a dynamic playmaking point guard, and you got to go get get some guys who can make threes and create some things off the dribble. That that's one of the problems that Indiana has right now. Who can actually create off the dribble? Nobody. With, with, with Xavier Johnson now, they really don't have anybody who can create off the dribble. And that, that makes them so easy to guard by the better teams that they play. Um, you know, they, they need to, in my eyes, they need, you know, a, a point guard. Somebody like, um, uh, I'm, I'm just throwing out a name. I'm not saying this person individually. but be like uh, uh, Taman Lipsy from Iowa State. You know, you watch Iowa State play. Watch how how many times he gets by his defender and really puts pressure on the defense. Sometimes when help comes, he you know he's he's flipping it out to Milan Monchilovich for a three. Other times, you know he's 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 hitting Keyshawn Gilbert, uh, or Curtis Jones, or Robert Jones. You know he just makes so many plays. So I think dynamic playmaking guard uh, and one or two other guys, guards and wings, who can make threes and create plays for themselves. Would be the idea on the portal, and they do have Liam McNeely coming in as a freshman from Montverde. He's a kid who has played two years at Montverde Academy, which is number one in the country this year. They play unbelievable competition. I was out there in Springfield, Missouri, for the Hoop Hall Classic when they played against Prolific Prep. There were eleven top one hundred players in that one game. That one game at, and that's the level of competition that that Liam McNeely has faced. So he's going to be more ready than the average. Uh, Freshman, just because of who he's played against, um, but that's for Indiana. If you look at okay, how do they how do they change things? How do they flip the roster? You Need to go in the transfer portal and get those three key things.
3: Jeff Rabjohnspeaks dot Great stuff, Jeff. Uh, we got about sixty seconds left before a commercial break. Uh, takes thoughts on Coach Signetti IU football as we start to think about spring. I think he's done a
1: fantastic job right out of the gate. Uh, He went and got Warwick from Akron, who's a quarterback who looks like she should be a plug-and-play guy, put him in there. Um, He's he's gotten some other really talented guys, a receiver out of Texas Tech, who a friend of mine who's close with the Tech staff says should be really good. He was able to get Donovan McCauley and some other key players to return to Indiana. Uh, He goes out and gets Tyler Cherry, four-star quarterback out of Center Grove High School. So he's doing really well in the high school ranks right out of the gate. Um, I'm impressed with the Portal players. I like what he's doing at the high schools. Uh, the uh, the junior days that they've had are very impressive. There was one junior day. They had 40-plus kids on campus, uh, which is an unbelievable job of getting players on campus. So I think Kurt Cignetti's done a really good job. I love his track record with what he does with quarterbacks. I think he's going to do really well with his quarterback. I think that's going to change how IU plays. I think he gets IU to a bowl game year one.
3: Interesting stuff. Good stuff from Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com. Jeff, I know it may or may not be the same with Indiana not in the tournament. Who knows what can happen, but... Uh, you and I are basketball guys through and through, like a lot of listeners of this show. And uh, the end of February, the start of the high school state tournament, March Madness, and the conference tournaments that get that month underway, uh, we've got some great basketball ahead. And between now and early April, uh, and even beyond that for you, because you go into the recruiting periods and the live periods and all the off-season basketball, we got a lot of hoops coming up, my friend.
1: Yeah, absolutely we do. Absolutely we do. And for, if people are bored on uh... – Thursday or Friday, uh, four of the teams from Overtime Elite are going to be playing at Broad Ripple High School. Uh, i got ticket links and everything up on Peaks.com if people want, uh, but there's several five-star players at Indiana's Recruiting who play in the Overtime Elite program. They're going to be playing at Broad Ripple on Thursday and Friday if people are bored and want to go uh, see a couple of those guys as well.
3: Hmm, good stuff. Jeff Ravjohns, Peaks.com. We'll talk with you again here soon.
1: Appreciate it, my friend. Have a good weekend.
3: All right, JeffRabjohnsPeaks.com. Sharon uh, Wilkerson, Jeffersonville coach, he tells me that that Louisville Central at Jeffersonville game is – February 20th. So I believe that would be next Wednesday night. Uh, So that coming up for the Red Devils, a reschedule after the Ballard game was canceled on the Devils. So glad to see Jeff pick up another reasonably quality opponent here in advance of the postseason. Uh, And obviously Jeff getting that home game in here next week before the uh, start of the tournament. They haven't had a lot of home games this year. Coach Wilk has had them out on the road. They've been battling the best in Indiana, especially around the holiday times. That's going to Wrap this segment up. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Lots to get to with Josh. We've got the girls semi-states coming up this weekend. Lanesville, uh, one weekend, two games away from a return to Indianapolis and playing for a Class 1A state championship in girls basketball. And we've got a good weekend of boys' hoops as well. We'll discuss it all next on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: You're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daily at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's
3: Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday edition of the show. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. My guest, Josh, I'll tell you what, I've been busy with work and have not had a chance to study the weekend very well. Uh, Tell me the boys' games as we head down the stretch and we get close to knowing at least the sectional pairings when the draw comes out on Sunday night. What are the big games of the weekend?
2: Probably the biggest game is uh, uh, New Albany and bedford on friday night not not no conference implications uh, necessarily because obviously that that's uh, already decided with jeff and seymour but that's just uh it's just a i think it's going to be a good game you know a good good warm-up for the uh for the postseason you know possible preview of uh, maybe a sectional game uh that, that we'll see maybe down the line um that that's probably the best game on uh on friday night and then i think uh We've also got, you know, other games like uh, uh, Clarksville, Warden and Clarksville are playing, which is always, a you know, a good matchup late in the year. And then on Saturday night, I think the big game is um, Silver Creek and Providence. Uh, so that's going to be, uh, you know, a huge game. Providence uh, was on a huge winning streak last year, and then Silver Creek beat them in, in this matchup to, uh, to, to uh, break that big winning streak. So uh, it's another uh, – another matchup between two uh, Clark County teams that, you
3: know, should be a good one. Talking with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, uh, looking across the area, uh, just a few days away from the draw and really a few weeks away uh, from the start of postseason play, you see a team surging? You see anybody that you like that's maybe uh, putting some things together here down the stretch to prepare for the tournament and make a run?
2: Um well there definitely are several teams that you know obviously they're looking good we've talked uh you, uh you had Noah Lovin on I think earlier in the week and yeah Providence is is really playing well right now you know coming off that big win over New Albany uh last Friday night um you know they're they're definitely looking good at this time of the time of the season uh you know that's that's uh it's definitely good for them and you know especially with uh the prospects of having to play uh, Brownstown, which I think is number two in the state uh, this week, but you know obviously it's probably the best team in two A in the sectional. So uh, you know that who knows how that's going to be. You know, hopefully, it's uh, you know we I think we've said this the last couple of years. Hopefully, it's uh, hopefully it's a uh, you know potential sectional final matchup and not, not a not a first round game. And hopefully, you uh, we'll find out Sunday. But hopefully, they, these two don't teams don't draw each other and the in the first round or, or even the semifinals for that matter. Hopefully it's a, hopefully it's a second or final matchup, but, uh, you know, time will tell, we'll see, but you know, that's, that's always going to be the, the big, uh, the big postseason game, uh, you know, looking ahead to, to the sectional, it's going to be one of the big ones. Um, you know, yes, uh, losing a couple, uh, losing last, last weekend, you know, that, that, uh, the center grove, you know, not, not a huge surprise but uh, you know they uh, they bounced back and got that win over Jennings uh, the next night so that was a big win for them and and uh, you know they're they're gonna try to build some momentum here at the end of the season uh, you know I still still would put them in uh, uh, favor to win that Seymour sectional but uh, you know Jennings and New Albany have to be right there too is, uh close behind them so that so that's going to be really interesting to see. You know, there's so much that uh, that's uh, unknown, but uh, you know, the draw is going to just going to be huge uh, in, in a sectional like uh, uh, Seymour or or Southwestern, or definitely in the Class A sectional like that. Orton. You know, it's, it's enough, that's another one where uh, just thinking about it and looking at it, man, that that sectional is going to be. Uh, just super ultra competitive. I think just about any of the teams I think could win that sectional. Um, you know, Christian Academy is is a going team ranked in the top ten in that sectional. But I think they just they just lost uh, at West Washington, in a tough game the other night. So I mean, I think any almost any of the teams in that that border section are capable of winning. And a lot of it will uh, will depend on the draw and you know who gets. Uh, you know, who gets a good draw and, you know, maybe gets that high into the semifinals or, or uh, you know, it's an it's a easier road to the championship game. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I think that's one that's really going to be uh, competitive and going to be uh, determined by the draw that comes on Sunday night.
3: Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, you just gave us a great run really through the entire area. And I, I was thinking about this earlier today. What sectional does the draw matter the most in? I know Seymour, we say how important that draw is going to be because you've got a handful of teams there that could win it. You touched on Providence and Brownstown in 2A and the Borden sectional in 1A. There's some different competitors there that the draw could play a factor. Is there one where you'll be paying attention the most when they come down from Indianapolis on Sunday night? Um, Well, you
2: know, obviously you always – you always hear that uh, uh, the Seymour sectional they're always going to put Jeff and New Albany on, on the different side. You know, they, uh, there's always speculation that, that uh, you know, or conspiracy theories, I guess, that uh, Jeff and New Albany are always going to be on the opposite side of, uh, of the Seymour bracket. But uh, but we'll, we'll definitely see on, on Sunday night, you know. Uh, hopefully that Jeff and New Albany don't, don't draw each other in the first round. Uh, but... Uh, you would know, wouldn't it be something if if they did so we'll find out on Sunday that's that's definitely one I'm looking at in the class A sectional board is one that you know I'll definitely be paying attention to because uh, you know like I said i think anybody can win that sectional and uh, a lot is going to depend on the draw and maybe who gets to buy or who you know has an easier road to, you know, to a championship game or something something like that so those are those are probably two of the biggest ones I've been watching
3: on, uh, on Sunday. All right, uh, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Final question, final topic for you. Lanesville girls are back in the semi-state. They're trying to defend their 1A state champion. Two games at New Albany this weekend, if they're going to win it, and head back to Indianapolis. Are they the favorite at the New Albany semi-state to get back to Indianapolis and play for a state title next week?
2: Oh yeah, I definitely say so. You know, Lanesville's—they've uh, got it rolling now. I think uh, Angie Hinton might have said it uh, for the sectional final, but that—that that may have been the state championship game, that Lanesville Borden game. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I definitely say—I uh, definitely say Lanesville's the favorite uh, to, to cut down the nets again in Indy and, uh, and uh, next—not the Saturday, obviously, but the next Saturday. So. You know, we'll see if it happens. Uh, I think you know, it's uh, it's probable, but uh, you know, only time will tell. But yeah, wouldn't that be something for Lanesville to win back back state titles? You know, good luck to the Eagles uh, on Saturday at New Albany.
3: Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. You can read his work at newsandtribune.com com slash sports, and of course in the daily print edition of the paper. We don't have time to get to it, but I do want to mention Kobe Barnes, former Floyd Central player with a huge uh, performance to help his St. Mary's of the Woods College team to a win at IU Southeast uh, here recently there uh, at IU Southeast and New Albany. Josh, thank you. Lots of basketball to talk about over the next few weeks, and we'll catch up next Wednesday. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. All right. That's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday show. Back with you Thursday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.